0: is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. In the battle against anti-Semitism and hate, making sure that our country is a welcoming place and a haven for those who are persecuted is core to our liberal democratic values and who we are as Jews. We just co-sponsored Refugee Shabbat across the nation to lift up this important issue. Here to discuss Refugee Shabbat and immigration issues more broadly is my colleague Karen Levitt. She is ADL's National Civil Rights Council and has been a guest before, so I will say welcome back, Karen, too, from the front lines.
1: Thanks, Scott. Glad to be
0: here. I'll start by asking you what exactly is Refugee Shabbat.
1: Refugee Shabbat is just a moment for congregations, organizations, and individuals in the U.S. and really around the world to dedicate a Shabbat experience to refugees and asylum seekers. And in 2023, like you just said, Refugee Shabbat primarily took place on February 3rd 4th, that Friday into Saturday. But it's not too late for individuals or communities to participate. They can still go to uh, the Refugee Shabbat website register their participation, get resources, and just choose another date in spring 2023 that works with their calendar.
0: And what are some things that the synagogues did to honor this?
1: There were a lot of things. Some folks had speakers come in and just talk about particular issues that are currently affecting refugees and asylum seekers. I do want to give a particular shout-out to places that paired actions with their event, like Congreg- Congregation in El Paso, Texas, who did a donation drive and packed snack bags for migrants
0: right before Shabbat started. Was the feedback good? Did, did people feel good about Refugee Shabbat?
1: Yeah, every year it's been expanding. This was the fifth year that Refugee Shabbat has been going on, and each year you know more and more synagogues do it our regions get you know more into it so i i think actions speak louder than words and the fact that we get greater engagement every year says the most
0: about it tell me a little bit about adl's uh, work uh, in this besides just co-sponsorship what, what was our role
1: for us it's not just that we put our name on it it means really that we got engaged And we made sure that we promoted this on our social media, via email, nationally, regionally.
0: And of course, we're obviously then very visible on this issue. So let's zoom out a bit and ask the more fundamental question. Why is ADL so involved in the issue of refugees, asylum seekers, or or even immigration reform more broadly?
1: ADL has historically advocated for immigrant and refugee rights just as part of our mission to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to secure justice and fair treatment to all. Many Jews in the U.S. either have ancestors who were immigrants and refugees or are themselves immigrants or refugees. And beyond that, immigrants and refugee rights are just a core civil rights and anti-hate issue. So we do... Um, a lot of work on extremism and hate now. And anti-Semitism and anti-immigrant hate are old trends, most recently
0: manifesting through the Great Replacement Theory. I know that ADL's involvement with this issue is, is not limited to, uh, to refugee Sh- Shabbat, and, and so many of ADL's departments touch on this issue in some way. Uh, maybe let's go through some of that work. And, and I'd like to start with education. Uh, I know that that's a, uh, an important part of this effort
1: our education department creates original immigration related education content for educators and parents and they highlight related books as part of their education as part of their books matter series so recently our education department put out a what they call a table talk on title 42 which is basically a guide for parents on how to engage young people or parents and caregivers on how to engage young people around an issue that's in the news
0: what's title 42
1: So Title Forty Two is one of President Trump's most lasting immigration bans. It's a public health law that's being used to turn away people who are seeking asylum under the pretext of protecting us from COVID-19. President Biden has been saying that he wants to end the use of Title 42, but then he expanded it to people from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. So now people from those four countries, plus Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras are blocked from seeking asylum at the border and are being sent back to Mexico, again, as I said, under the pretext of COVID-19, long after other pandemic measures have ended. So Title 42 is just being used to reject people seeking asylum, which is not what the purpose of the law is.
0: Okay, so obviously a lot of, of touch points in terms of our education work, but it really extends across the agency. We have ADL Center on Extremism. How did they touch this work?
1: The center on extremism um, researches and tracks extremist trends related to immigration such as the rise of the great replacement theory the great replacement theory um it's a conspiracy theory that alleges that people of color are replacing white people through immigration birth rates and other economic social and political means it's not always inherently anti-semitic but many white supremacists subscribe to the belief that the great replacement is being orchestrated
0: by Jews. By li- the puppet masters.
1: Exactly, yeah. And so that lie has inspired a lot of horrific acts of mass violence against people of color and Jews around the world recently, including mass murders in Pittsburgh, Poway, El Paso, Christchurch, New Zealand, and Buffalo.
0: Certainly uh, a lot of uh, connection to the Southern extremism. And then, uh, of course, your work, uh, civil rights work, Um, which you lead, advocacy work done by our government relations office in Washington and and the regional offices at the state and local level really move the needle on policy. So tell us uh, broadly about that kind of work.
1: It sort of spans everything. Uh, For example, to circle back to Title 42, just as an example of some of the work that we do in civil rights, you know, Federal court has said that the continued use of Title 42 is illegal, but now we've got a group of anti-immigrant state politicians trying to make a last-ditch attempt to keep it in place. And that's a case the Supreme Court's going to consider later this year. ADL has joined an amicus brief opposing that. So one of the things that we do is amicus work related to this. Uh, We certainly do government-related work, um, engaging with government partners to address anti-immigrant hate and extremism. We work with coalitions and in partnerships with other organizations, such as HIAS, to support immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers through advocacy, engagement, and events such as Refugee Shabbat.
0: And we should mention that HIAS was our partner in this. It was really their initiative, and and we were the co-sponsor. Maybe talk a little bit about that partnership.
1: So HIAS leads this effort, and other major institutional Jewish organizations co-sponsor, including ADL. We've consistently co-sponsored because we know how important this issue is. Um, HIAS is, of course, sort of the leading Jewish org working on refugee and immigrant issues. And so they're often our our go-to leads when we want to work with another Jewish organization on immigrant
0: issues. Uh They're great. I think that we tend to uh, to talk about the alphabet soup, but uh, for those who are uh, not as uh, as informed, the highest is the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. Uh, we shouldn't always talk in shorthand.
1: That's fair. Thank you. My apologies.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're clearly passionate about this. Uh, you, you take it on uh, in a big way. Um, as we close the show, uh, tell us why you're so personally invested in this issue.
1: A, it's part of my job. Yeah. Um, I work on range of civil rights issues, but also my, my family um, themselves are immigrants, refugees, whatever language you want to use. They fled the Soviet Union. Um, then they, they fled. They moved to Israel. They left in the early 70s, so that's where most people went in the early 70s. Then they moved to the U.S., so they, they're sort of double immigrants. So this is an issue that personally affects me, and I don't believe in pulling the ladder up afterwards. so I I believe very
0: firmly in paying them forward Uh, Many thanks Karen for all the hard work on this issue and and for the successful refugee Shabbat Uh, and thanks so much for being on the show Thanks for having me, I appreciate it Uh, And finally a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in too from the front lines either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast Uh, Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show Just search for From the Front Lines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is Fighting Hate for Good.